Hello and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show. Coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guests are President of Global Strategic Alliance, Kevin Jessup, and President and CEO of the Center for Security Policy, Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Waller. Our co-hosts today are Marcella Woodall, Mondo De La Vega, and I'm Ricky Baker. And now, live from Gray Street at Morningside, USA, here are your hosts, Pastors Jim and Lori Baker. Thank you, Ricky Baker, and welcome everyone to Gray Street. We have an amazing program for you today. Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Waller is here. He is the president and CEO of the Center for Security Policy. He retired from the Marine Corps reserved after more than 20 years wow. with uh, experience in the infantry. He worked with the uh, the counter narcotics and counterterrorism mission. Wow. So, I mean, he's done a lot with the military. He was assigned to the Air Force's Electrical Magnetic Defense Task Force. And uh, also Reverend, Reverend <laughs> Kevin Jessup is with us today. He's the co-chair of the return, uh, the president of Global Strategy Alliance and is an advisor to national global leaders within the business, political, and faith communities. So I think you actually know everybody in the Christian world. <laughs> well, especially Tommy Waller. He and I were colleagues at the Center for Security Policy, and since he became president, uh, he's done a tremendous job. That's so awesome. It's great. Lieutenant Colonel, welcome to our show. Yes. Uh, you have such an impressive history of service. Please tell us about your career to kind of introduce yourself to our audience. Sure, Pastor. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's just, it's been a calling since I was very little. I mean, probably four years old, you know, when uh, when you get a gift for Christmas that's like G.I. Joe pajamas, for me it was a uniform, right? And so I had had this calling throughout my entire uh, upbringing to serve. And, and the official service started on my 18th birthday uh, when I swore an oath to defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. That service in uniform ended this spring uh, when I retired. I chose to retire uh, one year after I was uh, denied a religious accommodation uh, for the requirement, uh, the COVID vaccine requirement. And so what I found uh, was that I was in a position where I no longer could keep that oath in uniform uh, with respect to that mandate. And so uh, the career itself was a huge blessing. Uh, wow. I, I had an opportunity to do amazing things in uniform and work with truly amazing patriots uh, throughout those 20 years. And, and for that, I'm in incredibly grateful. Wow. Lieutenant Colonel, how vulnerable is our power grid? Forgive me for jumping right into that, but this is a subject that's been in my heart for many, many years. And why are we not doing anything to fix it? I just don't understand this. Sure. Well, the, the truth of the matter is that our electric grid is extremely vulnerable. And in fact, in terms of my own military career, probably the most important work that I ever did for the country wasn't even for the Marines. Uh, it was for the U.S. Air Force. It was that uh, task force that you mentioned, the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force, which was created to address... Uh, at least one threat to the electric grid, which is the threat of electromagnetic pulse. 
And so the grid is, is vulnerable to electromagnetic pulse. Uh, it's vulnerable to solar weather, which is a natural form of EMP, uh, which we can talk about. Uh, but it's also vulnerable to, to cyber attack, to physical attack, you know, physical sabotage. It's vulnerable to supply chain attacks, you know, depending on where we buy our stuff from. And finally, it's even vulnerable to our own policies. Our own government policies could result in our nation suffering blackouts that would otherwise be totally preventable. I want to call you Tommy. I shouldn't call you Tommy. Probably. Yeah, yeah. No, call me. Yeah, no, call me Tommy. Don't worry about the rank. I'm no. I'm no longer in uniform. Yeah, Tommy's fine. Yeah. But, yeah. but but Tommy, can you explain to, so the average American really understands how dangerous and how it could change our world as we know it? Just one EMP bomb over America. That's right. Pastor, yeah, so uh, electromagnetic pulse, or EMP, is something that we discovered, the United States discovered this as soon as we started to test nuclear weapons, right? In fact, if you were to detonate a nuclear weapon, and we found this during nuclear tests on the ground, any conductor that touches that fireball, uh, it, there's a massive current that will flow through it, and it'll ruin the infrastructure that's on the other end of those conductors. And so scientists hypothesized that, well, if we launched a nuclear weapon into the exo-atmosphere into space, say 30 kilometers or higher, they thought it would still produce this electromagnetic effect, this electromagnetic pulse. What they didn't realize was just how devastating it would be. And so when we conducted our tests in the United States and when the Soviets conducted theirs in the 1960s, both sides realized that they had a really significant weapon. And, uh, and we signed uh, the nuclear test ban treaty, President Kennedy did, and that stopped all nuclear tests uh, in, in the atmosphere. But here's this threat that most people didn't know about, became highly classified. But here's this very real threat that our own Defense Department spent billions of dollars to harden our nuclear weapon systems against EMP. The problem is we didn't harden our civilian infrastructure, such as that electric grid upon which all of us depend for modern life. Why do you think our leaders have ignored this probably number one threat to America? Well, Pastor, a, a lot of it, it boils down to greed, on, uh, honestly. Uh, the, the technical term uh, is regulatory capture. So regulatory capture is when you have the government really acting on behalf of certain special interests or industries. And so when you look at uh, the electric power industry that owns the grid, it has a very significant influence over the government, over the people who we elect, uh, whether they be at the federal or state level, and over the agencies, particularly at the federal level, which are supposed to regulate them. And so if the industry, say for example, wants to prioritize profit uh, over protection, uh, well, they can influence the regulations in such a way that they don't have to protect the stuff that they own. And the unfortunate thing is that failing to protect what they own and what we pay for every day. Pastor, we pay our electric bills and the money that we pay, some of it goes into lobbying against the very types of regulations that would protect that infrastructure we can't live without. Do you believe that some of our biggest threats are from China? Pastor, absolutely. I mean, when we look at the world today, uh, the Chinese Communist Party presents the largest threat to freedom, uh, really, I think, since the dawn of mankind. Uh, when, when you look at China itself, I mean, 
the philosopher Sun Tzu, you know, said that the supreme art of war is to subdue your enemies without fighting. Well, taking down the electric grid is exactly one way that China can do just that. Look at the news headlines. Just this week, Pastor, you see that uh, there was a discovery of Chinese malware, something called Volt Typhoon, which was designed specifically to target critical infrastructures like power and water communications, supporting not just military installations, but civilian infrastructure as well. And I can tie that back a quarter century. In fact, if you want, I can read from the document in 1999, written by two Chinese People's Liberation Army colonels, that document called Unrestricted Warfare. Uh, if you like, I could actually read an excerpt and you could think about what exactly they've been doing based on what they wrote 25 years ago. Wow. Go ahead. Absolutely. So again, this is from Unrestricted Warfare. Your, your viewers and listeners can just look it up. Google search Unrestricted Warfare PDF. Download it. Go to page 145. And I want you to think about what I just told you. The Chinese malware that was found in our grid and other ways uh, around military installations. Here's what they had to say. Supposing a war broke out between two developed nations already possessing full information technology and relying upon traditional methods of operation, if the attacking side, at the same time carrying out a network attack against the enemy so that the civilian electricity network, traffic dispatching network, financial transaction network, telephone communications network, and mass media network are all completely paralyzed, this will cause the enemy nation to fall into social panic, street riots, and a political crisis. There is the finally forceful bearing down by the army, and military means are utilized in gradual stages until the enemy is forced to sign a dishonorable peace treaty. So, Pastor, that was in 1999, and they have executed it flawlessly from then until now. I've been told that if an EMP bomb would hit over America, 90% of Americans could be dead within a year. Do you believe that? Pastor, uh, not only do I believe that number, uh, but unfortunately, that could be a relatively optimistic number. The reason I say that ah. is that the Congressional EMP Commission were the ones that calculated that 90% factor. And the way that they did that is they looked at what could the North American landmass support in terms of a human population before electricity. So when you look at the calendar, when you peel it back to the dawn of electricity, there were about 30 million Americans living in the United States. And so they just thought, okay, 30 million is roughly 10% of our current 330 million population. The difference, Pastor, is that the 30 million people that lived in America at the time, they knew how to live without electricity. And so, unfortunately, I would say that there aren't even 10% of our current population that knows how to live without electricity. Wow. I agree with I you. Agree. The people that people are kind of made fun of, that live without electricity today. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the Amish and... The yeah, Amish. Yeah. They will survive because yeah. they learn to live without electricity. Yeah. But Americans, this power grid situation, it not only shuts off the power grid, but it shuts off uh, 
trucks, yeah. airplanes, yeah. and so food delivery, all of that would stop. And it is more serious. It's probably the most serious threat to America, and I've tried to beg people to think about it, to, 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 to do something about it, that, to demand that our politicians fix the grid. Yeah. They don't do it, no. and it's stupid. You know how vulnerable we are. Just a few days ago, this area that we're in came through a storm that was unexpected. It came out of nowhere. And within hours, the little town that we were in shut down. We couldn't even operate. People were panicking. And all it was, branches, trees falling on power lines, um, supermarkets lost, all the entire frozen section Walmart was completely closed. Super Walmart was completely closed. We are facing, if not the greatest threat in our everyday life, not knowing how to function without power. I believe this ministry has been called to warn you, to prepare you. It's no coincidence that we try to do our right. basic to get yeah. a generator in your hands, to just give you the basic foundation so you don't go crazy. Yeah. If you go online, mm -hmm. we have a complete setup right. Right. You go to, of generators. Right, you go to jimbakershow.com and you'll see Lion Energy. You'll just click on that and it will tell you all about all the different generators that we have to offer you. They're amazing. And you can get... Uh, financing from that right. company yeah. and they deliver right to your house and the, the thing that is so important they also have the the faraday bags yes. right. and faraday. all of that's on our website yes. even faraday materials to protect your car that's right your car your home your body everything they, they've offered a full catalog to us on that's the faraday amazing. defense just go to jimbakershow.com and only reason i say this is because the we know some answers. We've researched them for years. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you've been very, very vocal about the U.S. continuing to buy transformers and their parts from China. What does that mean for our national security when we depend on China for our grid parts? Well, the truth is, Pastor, that uh, if we're purchasing from China, we have to assume that those products could be manipulated, right? It's, this, it's the supply chain vector of attack that I've mentioned before. In fact, there's evidence when it comes to transformers, Chinese transformers, that that's actually taken place. In the summer of 2019, on a hot day in the port of Houston, the U.S. federal government seized a massive transformer that had just been imported was meant to go into the grid up in Colorado. They seized that transformer. They transported it to Sandia National Laboratory where it was evaluated. And although the results of that evaluation are all classified, there was one member of the Trump administration National Security Council that did publicly admit that they had found something in that transformer that could allow someone in China to shut it off. And so that's a major problem for us to be importing transformers from China. And the Chinese know that. Part of their unrestricted warfare doctrine was to put them in a position through economic warfare and trade war where we would be incentivized to be um, importing these from China. And so that's exactly what they've done. Lieutenant Colonel, uh, three years ago, President Trump 
signed an executive order declaring an emergency around the national grid. Where did that go? What, what's going on there? Do you know anything about that? I sure do. Yeah, Pastor, it was May 1st, 2020. Uh, the president declared, as you mentioned, a grid security emergency. And it was an executive order that was designed to, to stop the importation of not just Chinese transformers, but any foreign uh, you know, part of the grid, whether it's transformers, inverters, anything that would be coming from a country that is known as an adversary, right? So that would include others like Russia and North Korea, Iran, not just China, but predominantly it was China. And it was a result of the transformer that was found and evaluated at Sandia, the one that I mentioned just previously. Unfortunately, uh, although that was a very good executive order, it was one that we applauded uh, immensely from our experts in our Secure Our Grid Coalition. Unfortunately, on the first day of the Biden administration, that executive order was suspended and it was never replaced with anything really meaningful that would stop the importation of Chinese transformers. And so we went from, at the time, about 300 Chinese transformers to now over 400 in our current grid. Wow. Do you, are you concerned about the future of America? And forgive me, I'm kind of getting off this subject a little bit, but not really. Donald Trump has been indicted. Does anybody have any idea how many indictments, they have four indictments? But he's, he just, one after another, and there's supposed to be more coming. And I want to get your opinion of what in the world is happening. We're acting like a third world nation. Right. And I'm very concerned about what, what's going on. Do you think all of this is going to hinder us, make us vulnerable to uh, mm -hmm. countries that hate, hate us? <laughs> Absolutely. Look, uh, President Trump is the one that took a huge stand against China. He recognized that the Chinese Communist Party uh, possessed a major threat to the United States. And he's a man who kept his promises. We had the blessing uh, to brief Mr. Trump before he was president on, on the threat of EMP. He, uh, Dr. Peter Pry, who we all know and love and, and dearly miss, uh, was there briefing him on EMP. Mr. Trump at the time said, hey, when I'm president, uh, I will force the government uh, to, to address this. And he kept his promise. And so when you have a man who recognized uh, the threat of the Chinese Communist Party, who makes the right kinds of promises to Americans and then keeps those promises, uh, to have such a man uh, persecuted the way he has been, uh, at the same time when it, it appears pretty obvious that there's a really a real duality in the justice system uh, for for which other members uh, of the political class are not at all being paid any attention to, um, that's a major problem for U.S. national security. Colonel, I'm, I want to talk to you about your, you were in a me movie, uh, I think it was called Grid Down, Power, Power Up. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that, what I'm talking about? This is, I, I'm going to run a clip. I'm going to run a clip from it featuring Dr. Peter Pry, and then I'm going to ask you about it. So let's roll and, and just watch it on the screen there. 
if there was a system level EMP attack today, what would be the survival of the electrical grid system? It really wouldn't survive at all. It would not survive. Right. An EMP attack would not have to come from a state actor with a high-altitude missile blast, as there are actually smaller weapons of war available, which could take out individual critical substations. You know, there are these non-nuclear EMP weapons. There's an item called the EMP suitcase, and it looks just like a suitcase. It could be operated by a single individual with little or no training. We've arrived at a place where a madman, a terrorist, a criminal could topple the technological pillars of civilization for a major metropolitan area all by himself. Today, we have two satellites that were launched by North Korea, one in, in 2013 and a second one in 2016. They're on a polar orbit from south to north and cross the United States several times a day. We've monitored those satellites since they've been launched and there's never been any data sent back from those satellites. That means one of two things. Either they were both total duds, or they are weapons waiting for a signal to drop a nuclear weapon. Oh, Colonel, what, do you understand what this is about? Yeah, Pastor, it was, uh... It was a real blessing to see that that film was able to be produced, and it and it featured so many good patriots. Dr. Pry, who you saw, uh, Senator Bob Hall in Texas, who's been a leader in this area. In fact, I, I ought to share just a little, really a God story about how uh, we got uh, Senator Hall involved. You know, when when I first was assigned the duty uh, to to lead our Secure the Grid Coalition to address this threat of electromagnetic pulse. Uh, my boss at the time, Frank Gaffney, said, we're going to go to Texas first. I want you to go to Texas first because it has its own grid. And so I didn't have, I didn't know anyone in Texas, right? But I knew that there was going to be an inauguration of a new governor, Governor Abbott. I figured, well, that's probably a good time to meet people. And I called Dr. Pry and I said, Dr. Pry, I need you to fly to Austin with me so we can go find someone who would be a champion for protecting against EMP. And if you remember Dr. Pry, uh, incredible man. Uh, sometimes he would he would be impatient, rightly so. He's like, hey, who are we going to meet with? Well, you know, doctor, I don't really have a plan just yet, but I've been doing a lot of praying, right? And I was. I was praying for somebody uh, that would allow us to speak to them about EMP. And so I picked Dr. Pry up from the airport. We drive to the Capitol, and he's looking at me. He's like, well, Tommy, who are we, who are we meeting with? And I said, well, I hate to admit that I still don't have a plan, but I've been praying. And, uh, of course, his patience is drawn thin. <laughs> and we get to the Capitol, and uh, and the first one, as we walk in to the elevators, a man steps into the elevators, just the three of us. We introduce ourselves to him, and he says, hey, my name's Bob Hall. I was just recently elected to the Texas Senate. What are you guys here for? And so Dr. Pry explains, well, we're here to find someone we can talk to about nuclear EMP. And do you know that Bob Hall then immediately just looked at us and said, nuclear EMP? He said, it was my job in the 1960s as a U.S. Air Force officer to protect our Minuteman missile systems, the ICBMs, nuclear weapons, from EMP. And Dr. Pry's eyes just lit up, and all of a sudden they realized they both knew all the same people from the 1960s and 70s and 80s, the people who protected our nuclear weapons against EMP. So 
I looked back at Dr. Pry and I said, I told you, I may not have had a, a plan, but I was, I was praying. I had a prayer and it was answered. Wow, I love it. What a story. I mean, Dr. Pry was one of our dear friends yes. and appeared on our show many times, many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. And he was the voice yes. crying out to fix right. the grid. And when he mm -hmm. passed away, yeah. is there someone, maybe yourself, going to take Dr. Pry's place crying out to America to fix the grid? Amen. Yeah, Pastor, that's that's my duty. Um, to carry that torch. I mean, our Secure the Grid Coalition, we, we decided we now call it the Pry Project and uh, in his memory. And, uh, and you know, I feel a calling, uh, just the same calling I had in uniform to serve this nation. I, I continue to keep my oath to fight for this U.S. Constitution every day, but I find myself in a, in a place sort of between Ezekiel and Noah. And let me explain, you know, Ezekiel chapter 33, right? The the duty of the watchman on the wall. That's what we do at the Center for Security Policy, is we look for the threats. We sound the alarm, because if not, then the blood's on our own hands, right? We have a duty to sound the alarm. But as people ignore those warnings, I also feel a bit like Noah, where at some point, you gotta start building an ark. And so, you know, I, I would like to emphasize something that Dr. Pride did say. You know, we, we talk about the threats to the grid, uh, the, the threat of electromagnetic pulse is very scary. It, it's, it should cause people to want to be more prepared. I would tell you I, I am much more prepared than I ever was before I knew about this threat. But what Dr. Pry reminded me was that the founders of the country, the founders of this nation, they faced tyranny, right? And, but yet they could have run away from it. There was an infinite frontier to run to. So we think about EMP, we think about the grid. A lot of us would like to just run to the frontier, right? You make your, your grid down retreat site, right? And, I, and I'm not saying I don't have one of those, okay? But the founders didn't run to the frontier. They turned and they fought tyranny and they won. And so we need to fight the tyranny of inaction. So yeah, we should be prudent, we should be prepared but we also need to get involved. Uh, and from the bottom up, if the federal government wants to ignore this, that doesn't mean that your state, your, your county uh, has to ignore it as well, right? And so I think if the people get much more involved, uh, then we can make a difference in fighting that tyranny of inaction. Amen. Yes. Amen. You told us about a, the EMP suitcase, which is just a little bit, and, and this was developed years ago. I want to know, as the technology for such devices, the EMP suitcase, advanced since the making of that film? Yeah, Pastor, there's always going to be advances in military technology and civilian. I mean, one of the, the these, when you talk about an EMP suitcase, uh, some of these are not even designed as weapons. And you think about industries that, uh, like refineries and chemical plants, manufacturing facilities, there are tons of electronics in these different major industrial areas. And so the people who run them, the engineers, they have to make sure that these electronics will not interfere with each other, right? So there are kits, there are test kits that the industry can purchase to be able to, you know, send radio frequencies and electromagnetic energy into infrastructure to make sure that they're properly shielding it uh, from other types of interference. Well, even just a test suitcase like that, uh, a test kit, 
if it's put in the wrong hands and if it's aimed at the right infrastructure to, to disrupt it or destroy it, well, then that can produce that localized EMP effect. So, of course, we're going to continue to see uh, more and more technological development. The U.S. military, uh, Boeing developed for the U.S. military. It's called the CHAMP. Uh, it's, a, um, it, it's an actual you know, cruise missile. Uh, that can fly overhead and, and target a single building or, or series of buildings uh, and, and emit a pulse, an electromagnetic pulse, that can take out the technology in those buildings. Militaries will continue to use the radio frequency spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum, as a method of attack. But even if, even if you set all that aside, if you have bad guys who, who, who have a knowledge of this and the vulnerabilities and you don't protect the infrastructure, uh, then even something that can be commercially purchased off the shelf uh, for people in industry could be used to target that grid. Hmm. Wow. Another friend on the show today is Kevin Jessup. Kevin, good to have you here. Good to have you. Thank you, brother. And uh, Tommy is your friend. Yes. Tell us about your relationship. Well, Tommy uh, works at the Center for Security Policy. He became the president there. And Frank Gaffney had given me an office at the Center for Security Policy as I chaired one of the initiatives from the center. Tommy and I used to meet on, on regular occasion. We have many conversations about this issue. Wow. I met with um, Trent Franks, who was the head of the MP Commission in Congress several times in his office. And also worked with uh, Major General uh, Daniel York, who was the head of uh, NORAD uh, Northcom in Colorado. He was the gentleman who had his finger on the nuclear button if the president were to call. And a few years ago, Donna will remember, I got a call early in the morning from Major York, and he said, uh, or General York, and he said, Kevin, can you come out and pray at North, uh, uh, NORAD, Northcom, over the generals? Because I'm getting ready to go into two weeks of sensory duty underground. We just heard today, we found out that North Korea has a two-stage ICBM that can come over the Antarctica and take out Chicago tomorrow. Wow. And at that time, we were meeting also with... Uh, um, Major David Stuckenberg, who was the leading war strategist inside the Pentagon, and I worked with Frank Gaffney and Major Stuckenberg and Jim Woolsey, the ex-head of the CIA, who was on the InfraGuard team for EMP. And so he wrote a blue paper to the Pentagon in 2015 talking about the Chinese balloons that would be used to carry a nuclear uh, proliferation weapon over America in a Chinese balloon. Now, if that weapon were to, that payload were to be disseminated... We have an Eastern Connect grid, we have a Western Connect grid, and as Tommy knows, we have the Texas grid. Now, Tommy was in Texas legislature fighting with the legislature to, we have about 28 military installations and a constellation around San Antonio, Texas. We were fighting to make them EMP resilient, and the legislature in Texas was fighting against a full resiliency, and so uh, Tommy was down there fighting in the Texas le legislature about this. And so not only did we know as early as 2015 that a Chinese balloon could disseminate a payload that would take out these grids, but mm. uh, the Eastern Connect grid could be easily taken out. And if that were to happen, we would be in devastation. We have nearly 78% of the American population lives within a 600-mile radius of Atlanta, Georgia, which is a major hub of distribution. It would take us two weeks to move from truck to rail because there would be no diesel fuel. And so we would have to move from truck to rail. Cities like New York, who depend on daily food supplies coming in, in 24 hours they would be in chaos, rooting, looting, and, and rioting, and all of this sort of thing. So yes. 
If that grid were to go down on the Eastern Connect grid, uh, we would see a massive, like Juan Mondo was talking about earlier, it, it wouldn't take very long. In 36 hours, we would start to see mayhem and chaos like we've never seen before. So, um, Kevin, think, you're one of the most well-connected mm -hmm. Christian leaders. You meet with presidents, you meet with leaders, who's who, I won't even name them, but I know, I mean, because I, I know who you meet with. Mm -hmm. And it's just unbelievable. But so you really have a pulse on what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I want to ask you, please forgive me, but this is not a great question probably, but it's my question. So <laughs> what are the top three threats that you think America is facing right now? Wow. Well, one of them is godlessness. Yeah. But the China, which we've talked about today, the CCP has infiltrated us on every level, economically, militarily, educationally, socially, uh, through elite capture, knowingly or unknowingly, governors and legislatures have been captured through what we call elite capture from the CCP. But really, there are three areas of spirituality and three areas of physical reality that we face. On the spiritual side, I call it the blue, the red, and the green. The blue is globalism. These are unelected technocrats from around the world that are beginning to shove down this, uh, what I call a false, uh, a false religion called climate change down our throats. Right. And they are creating a digital gulag. We can get into uh, the call for cash and CDBCs and all mm. the things that ESG, environmental yeah. social governance, all the things that are taking place. Globalism is one, that's the blue. The red is communism, socialism, fascism. We're seeing this rise with China and Russia and others. Uh, and the third is the green, Islamism. On the spiritual side, we're facing blue, red, and green. Communism, Islamism, and Islamism is, is spreading across the world at record pace, yeah. including America. Who would ever thought we'd have a call to prayer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, over the airways? Never. So, uh, on the physical side, we're facing what I call a three-legged stool, mm -hmm. and each one of these legs will be kicked out, and, and it's imperative wow. that we track these, and we can talk more about these, but the first one is an economic collapse. This will come in phases and eventually be worldwide, and there's a whole lot to say about that. The second one are geophysical events, which are increasing in their intensity and frequency, earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, volcanoes, floods, fires, all of these sorts of things. And the third one are man-made disasters, things like an EMP crisis, things like an ISIS crisis, and things like the People Liberation Army, which are the Chinese nationals that are flying by the plane loads out of China into Venezuela, getting fake passports, coming across our border in Texas. And in fact, we, we, we filmed for one hour and we caught five busloads of Chinese nationals, oh. all young men, PLA, trained with tasks that are coming in and being disseminated throughout our country. It's the greatest Trojan horse we have. So blue, red, green, wow. economic, geophysical events, and man-made disasters. And these are all things that we can go into in depth. We're at the end, and I'm going to have you back tomorrow mm. to talk more about it, but we're almost at the, I think, at not at the beginning of the revelation. We're in, we're, in the middle of the end, but we're at the time where all hell is going to break loose, and the church needs to wake up, I believe, mm -hmm. and uh, 
can you give me an update on what you think about China and Taiwan? Because are we seeing about maybe an all-out war happening from that event? Because we're mm -hmm. supposed to stand with Taiwan. We haven't kept our word anymore, so. Well, the Indo-Pacific is one of the regions that the Center for Security Policy is focused on heavily because of what's happening down there in the South China Sea and, and especially during the Straits of Taiwan. So one of the steps that, that China has taken is they've already cut the transmission lines under the ocean. So all transmissions and communications coming out of Taiwan to the world via phone or television or anything will never get to us. So the world will not oh know lands. what's happening down there. I, did you know that, Mondo? Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, we talked about it. Internet, communication, telephones, everything. Wow. It's all been cut, plus the additional steps for not only a military buildup down there, but the exercises that are happening now uh, on a daily basis are in preparedness for land invasion of Taiwan. And at the same time, I'm concerned that at the same time that China goes into Taiwan, mm -hmm. all of these PLA task-formatted individuals that have come into America will at the same time take advantage of their tasks that they've been given to cause confusion and chaos in America. Mm -hmm. So when we see China going into Taiwan, we also will be impacted yeah. by this Trojan horse that's been allowed through the Biden administration to come into America and infiltrate us. Wow. And I shudder to think about the task that these people have been given mm -hmm. that have made their way into our nation. And we know for a fact there's over 10,000 of them already embedded in our communities. I am concerned to the point I don't know how to express it to the television audience. When I see what's happening, when I see what they're doing just to Donald Trump, indicting and indicting and indicting the man who is the front runner right now for the Republicans in, a, in, a, in an office for president. And, and we're, we're letting this happen in our country. This is what third world countries do. They crush the opponent instead of having a decent <laughs> political campaign. But, uh, Kevin, there's so many military-aged Chinese nationals coming across our southern border. Your friend Gordon Chang, who I would love to have on this show, I hope you could connect him because mm -hmm. he's one of the great experts yeah. on what's going on in China. And he, he says that I think we're going to see acts of sabotage mm. from these. And there's thousands of China's people coming across our borders. Why would they be coming across our border? You know, they're not fleeing from, you know, from, from being persecuted, yeah. I don't think. They may be, but... They, but why are there? I don't understand all this. Why are they coming across? Why is our president not even doing a thing to stop this flow of people who could be our enemies coming across our borders without any check? Well, he's absolutely allowed it. And I think that the evidence has been insurmountable that this administration and the family that is running this administration has long ago sold out to China. The CCP is embedded within 
every area of our government, society, education system, right. banking yeah. system. That's right. We could go and talk for an hour about uh, with Roger Robinson and Brian Kennedy and Frank Gaffney and all of our friends about how China has infiltrated the stock market mm -hmm. through Larry Fink and yes. BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, how yeah. they're controlling the money. Uh, and, and so we, we're watching uh, a treasonous situation happening in America where our enemies are, are allowed to penetrate and then be supported. We had God knows what we found in Bill Clinton's house. And uh, every house that we see, including the cocaine at the White House, yeah. and yet Mar-a-Lago's the only house that they've invaded and indicted. Exactly. Wow. Why are we not indicting and invading these other houses where we're seeing these things happen? It's, it, it's a complete and total demonic attack of lawlessness Absolutely. that's right. come into America. And so, unfortunately, we seem to have a system that the deep state is so embedded mm -hmm. into the system. Mm -hmm. And I think Tommy nailed it earlier when he said greed. Right. right. Greed and money. Have right. gotten in the way, and now the American people are paying the price, yeah. even to the point of the Supreme Court. When we change the laws in this land, and there are five things that we've done that need Supreme Court overturning. First, we took prayer out of the Bible school, uh, yeah. out of schools. Yeah. Second, we took Bible reading out of the out of the schools. Mm -hmm. Then we we killed the Ten Commandments. We need a Ten Commandments commission where yeah. we can display and teach the Ten Commandments Amen. again. Yeah. Then the Supreme Court ruled on the Marriage Act that marriage is not between a man and a woman. We redefine the greatest yeah, institution terrible. that God ever gave us. Yeah. And, and, and then we, we, we changed the, the genderism, the, this sort of thing that's going on. And, and, yeah. and, and we, we have an administration that speaks out of both sides of their mouth when it comes to Israel. Mm -hmm. And yep. President Biden went to Israel met with the Israelis, and then had a side meeting with the Palestinian Authority right. with no Israeli accompanying him to the meeting. Wow. And this two-state solution. I mean, it's just nonsense. What we're seeing happen yeah. is a demonic infiltration yeah. at every level. And the church has been asleep, and it's time to wake yeah. up. Yeah. Amen. And the I, Lord... I'm going to... I'm having you back tomorrow on my show. And I want to ask you, think about a question we ask you right now. Are we at the beginning of World War III, or are we in World War III? And Lieutenant Colonel, I want to ask you uh, about Dr. Pry. He wrote in 2021 that World War III, if it happens, is likely to be a EMP that would look like an EMP, and be an EMP, do you believe that we are close to that happening than when he said that? So, Pastor, when it comes to, you know, World War III, I mean, I, I think that we're, we're a good ways into World War III in a lot of ways. It's just that so far it's been a psychological and information war. It's been an economic war. Uh, there are many actors. Uh, Pastor Kevin just explained a number of them, global actors that are participating in that war from ideological, uh, uh, you know, hostility towards the freedom that our founders gave us with the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, 
founders that were godly men who were inspired by our creator. So that war is ongoing, right? We know that the evil on earth uh, is going to be doing it what it can to fight what's good on earth perpetually until, really until the Son of God comes back. In terms of a world war, I think we're already in it. With respect to the kinetic parts of that war, I think we are starting to see more of it, obviously with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we may very well soon see it in the Pacific uh, with the invasion of Taiwan. Uh, I, I do believe that every day that we allow our infrastructures to remain unprotected against electromagnetic pulse, we increase the likelihood that that will be part of the kinetic attacks levied against the United States. I do want you to know, even regardless of a nuclear EMP, our grid is imminently under attack now. Cyber attack, as we mentioned before, all the, the malware that's been buried there, physical attack. You know, you mentioned the, uh, the insecure border, uh, the flood of foreign nationals, many of which are military-aged males, many of which are from China across that border. And the data shows, you know, that the electric industry has to provide data on outages to the U.S. government, to the Department of Energy. And that data shows that from January 2010 to this year, we've had over 1,039 physical attacks on the grid. When you extrapolate that, that's more than one and a half per week across the country. So the grid is under attack now, and every day that we allow it to remain unprotected against nuclear EMP, then our enemies will have more of an incentive to use that weapon. And finally, I should just mention that we cannot deter one of those three legs of the stool that, that Pastor Kevin mentioned earlier when he talked about the geophysical events. We cannot deter Mother Nature, right? And so if, if, if you know, our Creator allows uh, the sun to produce a, a coronal mass ejection, uh, that what they call a solar storm, that strikes Earth, it has the same, a very, very similar effect on the grid as nuclear EMP. And so as long as we continue to fail to protect, to refuse to protect that grid against this natural form of EMP, then there's actually a 100% chance that the grid will go down. We just don't know when. We don't know. And so we, we have to continue, I think, to pray uh, for mercy uh, while we continue to be prudent and protect our infrastructure. Wow. What kind of country do we live in? And right now, we're facing a situation that we have a power grid that our enemies can use to shut down our country and start World War III. Now, Lieutenant Colonel, Dr. Pry had told us many times that different government agencies don't want to take the lead on fixing this problem. Can you explain to me why they haven't fixed it? Sure, Pastor Will. There's a few factors, right? So at present, one of them is fear. The other, we talked about greed as well. Now, when I say fear, you know, what do I mean? We know our spiritual enemy uses fear against us. There are many people in the U.S. federal government right now in big bureaucracies that are afraid to do the right thing. And much of that comes from just such a long period of what Pastor Kevin mentioned, the 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 lack of godliness 
um, involved in our own country, in our own culture. When you look at the government institutions and the bureaucracies that have been built out, you know, and you go, you peel it back all the way back to the turn of the 20th century, uh, and you, you look at the build out of the administrative state, right? These massive bureaucracies, they were infiltrated by many of our nation's enemies. Uh, you can go and read all about it. Books like American Betrayal by Diana West, one of one of our, our allies at, at the Center for Security Policy. That book chronicles how the Soviets infiltrated those those bureaucracies. Well, they, they were uh, these communists and, and socialists. Uh, they were never really uprooted, and and there's a persistence there. So, you may have good people. You do still have many good people in the government uh, who are there trying to do the best they can. Who are afraid? They're afraid uh, for their jobs for and and, and the the uh, ridicule. You think about uh, and I think you mentioned it before, Pastor, about how you know people ridicule those of us that care about electromagnetic pulse. I witnessed that in the military. I was working uh, at, again part of the Air Force's electromagnetic defense task force, and I was sitting down in a classified space, had all the EMP commission reports laid out on a table, and I was working, and I had another lieutenant colonel walk up and kind of kind of scoff and say, ah, oh, somebody's planning for the apocalypse, you know, and it was ridicule. And so, you know, you have on one hand, good people who are maybe afraid to, to take a stand and speak up. On the other hand, you have people who have separated themselves from reason, who ideologically have allowed themselves uh, to really drift from what the founders intended and are, are happy to just make fun of us, those of us that are trying to be reasonable, trying to be prudent and trying to be godly. Yeah. And the solution that all comes back to God, right? Uh, if we can have our spiritual house in order and, and be doing His will and then work from there to have our physical house in order to defend to, to defend the nation really from the bottom up, from our family, we create a small circle around us and we just increase that circle uh, and, and we defend our faith, we defend our, our families and our, and our counties and our states and we, we bring the republic back that way from the bottom up. Yeah, that's Amen. so good. So people who... Here is talk about an EMP bomb. An EMP bomb, they all have them. All of our enemies have it. Is that right, doctor? I mean, uh, <laughs> lieutenant? So in, in terms of which enemies possess uh, the capacity for a nuclear EMP attack, it's any adversary that can get a nuclear weapon and loft it into the exo-atmosphere at about 30 kilometers or higher, right? And so... We know for sure Russia, China, North Korea, uh, those are nuclear powers, right? Iran, you know, there's a lot of debate about the Iranian nuclear program. The reality is that way back in 2011, the, the international, uh, the, the inspectors that, that uh, the IAEA that go in and inspect nuclear programs, you know, they found like 15 different designs for a nuclear warhead in an existing ballistic missile, the Shahab-3 missile in Iran, in, in its re-entry vehicle. Why, why would the Iranians be trying to design a nuclear weapon that could fit in a conventional missile? Well, that's so that they can conceal it. They can have a nuclear payload and, and us not know about it, right? So there's, in terms of Iran, they, if they don't already have a nuclear weapons, they're in, incredibly close, and this administration is allowing them to get even closer. But the reality, as Dr. Price said in that film, the clip that you showed previously, anyone, even with a weather balloon, Right, that can loft a nuclear weapon 30 kilometers or higher and detonate it, has the capability of conducting an EMP attack on America. If 
an EMP bomb is exploded over the United States of America, would it be an apocalyptic event? I would, I would say that that would be a, a fitting description. Um, it would cause nationwide grid collapse. And, you know, part of what's so disappointing about uh, the influence of the electric power industry and the naysayers in the U.S. government is just how, how much wishful thinking there is, right? We were part of an effort with the U.S. Air Force's Electromagnetic Defense Task Force to evaluate an industry-funded study. The Electric Power Research Institute, EPRI, did a study on EMP. They, three years, they work with people in the government, within the Department of Energy and other places, to study the effects of EMP on the bulk power grid. And it was another providential moment and really an answer to prayer. And I, and I will say I, I, was, I was calling Intercessors for America at the time, asking for prayers during this particular session. They had no idea. I couldn't tell them what it was they were praying for. But it was an answer to prayer that during the second summit of that Air Force EDTF, the industry and the government released this report about electromagnetic pulse. It's the Electric Power Research Institute, or EPRI, their report. And I had the opportunity at the time to grab the world's foremost experts on EMP, who were all at this conference. I grabbed each one of them, printed out copies of this report, and sat down and said, gentlemen, I want you to read it and start telling me what you think. And that started about a six-month process of just evaluating what did, what did the government and the industry say? Because at the time when they released it, they said, well, an EMP, it won't be much worse than a hurricane. We'll be able to restore the grid within two weeks. Well, I'd like to give you a data point so that your viewers can think about how much confidence they should have in the science that came from a fun, an industry-funded report from EPRI that was collaborated with with the U.S. government, give you a data point that will allow you to make your own judgment. So think back, you talked before about the Eastern interconnection, the Eastern grid. Think back to August 14, 2003. That was the great Northeast blackout. Some of your viewers, if they're in, in the Northeast, they may remember that the lights went out. For some customers, for up to two weeks, but 55 million customers went without power. And that was caused by a tree branch, a single point of failure, a tree branch touching a transmission line in Ohio, and then a series of cascading failures that blacked out that entire part of the Eastern interconnection. Now, I want you to think about single point failure, 55 million customers without power, some for up to two weeks. Now, the study funded by the industry, made possible by members of the U.S. government that we evaluated said that in the Eastern interconnection, if there was a nuclear EMP attack, right? A nuclear EMP attack would cause thousands of simultaneous points of failure in the grid. But what they said is that we would only lose about 40% of the power that we lost in the 2003 blackout. Now they didn't exactly say it that way, but when you look at the tables and they say predicted electrical load loss, the numbers worked out to about 40% of what we lost on August 14, 2003, from a single tree branch. So if that tells you what kind of confidence you can have in the, quote, science, paid for by the industry, made possible by the U.S. government right now, uh, it, it should allow you to know that you can't trust it. You need to put your trust in God, in your, in your local community, and you need to become more prepared and more involved in speaking truth to power.
Amen. We want to thank you for Excellent. being with us. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Walder. Wow. Powerful. Appreciate you so much and hope you can come back. And uh, I, I'm, I want people to be ready. I want you to know that we're living in perilous times. We have to have godly men and women leading our country. Yes, amen. I want you to vote this time. I want you to vote. Vote your faith. Vote what you believe in God should be in a person. We're in trouble in America. We've got to turn back to God. Mm -hmm. And I want every one of you to go to our website. Mm -hmm. We have yeah. the yeah. greatest survival food, and you can order generators. You can get financing for the generators that will run off from the sun power. And keep you in the light, even when all power's gone out. If you have the generators and you have them protected with the EMP bags, you go just go to our website, shop all over it. Be ready spiritually, and then physically, we have so many different things. As Jim is sharing with you. The list goes on and on. We've worked for many, many years to put these items together for you for such a time as this for right now. So call us at 1-888-988-1588 or go to the website, jimbakershow.com. Our time's gone. We have to go. We want to thank Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Waller yes, for being with us it's today. It's an honor to have and you. And uh, wow. Pastor Kevin Jessup. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Remember, God is on your side, and God loves you. He really does. Bye-bye yeah. for today. Bye-bye. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for watching today's program. Will you pray about standing with us by calling 1-888-988-1588? That number again is 1-888-988-1588. Or you can connect with us on our website at www.jimbakershow.com. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Stand with us as we continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. <laughs>